welcome back to More Than Balls. Um, Anya, how's it going? How's life? Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me on. This is great. It's such a pleasure to have you on. I'm so excited. I'm genuinely so excited to have you on. I've been telling Chloe, the, my producer, all, all good things about you. So oh, let's you. hope you don't disappoint. I'm, you know, I'm no pressure or anything. Don't worry. Don't worry. I've got some good things to chat about. Well, I hope so anyway. <laughs> no, you definitely do. So how's it been going? How's life? Yes, all good, all good. I mean, I can basically, I can I'll give a little summary of who I am first because people might be like, who the hell is this girl? You've had some amazing people on your podcast. You're talking to so many other great netballers. But um, so I'm a producer director. So I work in TV. Um, I've basically done like, um, I've done shows such as Slugs Go Dating, um, Don't Tell the Bride, Ibiza Weekender, um, Coach Trip, Made in Chelsea, all of those sort of fun entertainment ones. Um, and I also filmed um, Babies Being Born for um, a show in Preston Hospital um, called The Maternity Ward, which was incredible um amazing women and amazing staff there so um yeah so I kind of work in telly just sort of with people lots of different people that I work with um and yeah I kind of I guess me and Siggy I guess we sort of started just chatting on Instagram over like some pictures that I posted of me shooting some hoops in lockdown and then I sort of literally (laughs) So basically, as Anya mentioned, she is like an amazing producer that has done um, like some amazing shows, aka all my favorite (laughs) reality shows. So, you know, like, you know, those people who just uh, turn the TV off after, you know, when the credits start rolling, there I was looking at Ah. the credits (laughs) and I saw Anya and I'm like, I'll go follow her. No, Amazing. I'm joking. I'm joking. And do you know actually how you know? I actually didn't tell you this when we spoke on Saturday. But do you know how I think I found you? No. How? <laughs> I don't know if I should say because I'm scared that you're now going to think of you know. Oh my god! No, I never do. I never do. And honestly, <laughs> I'm probably like the most. I'm like the professional stalker in the telly world. Anyway, it's what I used to have to do when I was a caster. Stalk on the internet. <laughs> So it's like my job for a full-time job. I literally <laughs> told James, I'm not going to tell you how I actually knew who you were. Um, so there are two reasons, okay? So I think it started originally by I saw this ad on Instagram for The Circle. Oh, yeah. Okay? Cool. And I thought yeah. I will be unreal on The Circle. <laughs> You'd be so good on the circle, Zicky. So I applied. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't um, get chosen, but I applied. And then I thought, I will go look at other people who have done, who have produced the circle, who have worked with people who produced the circle. So I went, you know, when you get like on this dark hole on Instagram and you end up finding like random people and I don't know how, but I know it started through entering the circle. And then I think I saw you but I was already following you I believe okay so I was like oh that's so sick and then like obviously I started working in corporate finance so I was like well this isn't gonna work but I saw you and I saw that you were shooting and I'm like okay well I need to now actually just be friends with her in general <laughs> and I was like yeah, she's a shooter so like 
can we please be besties already? <laughs> so that's how we made. Well, I mean, that's how I found you. That's so embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> uh, isn't it? No, but isn't it funny now how we people can connect um, online and just sort of um, make a connection and then actually genuinely meet up and have a lot in common? That's what I, I, I think it's great, to be honest. I do think it's amazing because we wouldn't have probably met or connected um, in unless Instagram was sort of in our lives. And that's the one thing about social media that I can say that it's good for is making connections. Yeah, definitely. Like literally. And then so I followed you because I was like, you're so cool on your Instagram. And then I'm not, by the way, Siggy, I'm started... not cool. I'm just not cool. But thank you so much for saying. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was like you know then when I decided on the podcast and then obviously I always remembered that you know that because then I obviously I'd gone to stalk you a little and I knew that you'd done a bit of tv but I didn't really know exactly what you did yet so I was like okay so I know she does tv and then plays netball as well so when I thought of the podcast I literally was like okay well um this would be a sick person to have on because you know I would love because for me it's all about you know people who are passionate about Naples that also have cool jobs that would be that would make a cool story so then you know I just had to slide into the dms and be like hey <laughs> you don't know me but <laughs> you like that sounds it's a bit great you did that. Like everything you need to do all the time to start it's, people it's great I'm um so I'm obviously like, I'm a, a netballer. So I play netball on a Monday night with my team. Um, we have cringy names, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So we're Victorious Secrets. Woohoo. Um, That's actually so cool. Please tell me it's pink and white stripes, the dresses. <laughs> so we don't actually have a uniform, sadly. We're not like at that level yet, but we did win the league last, last league and it, so we, we we're getting there. We're getting there. We've been playing together for maybe like eight years now, I think. Um, Whoa! Victoria's Secrets. Yeah. So finally, we won. We won. Um, and yeah. So and then I also play in another uh, team with um, a girl that I used to work with in TV, and she invited me to play along in her team on like a Wednesday. So um, I've been playing with her team as well, and then I just sub in for like other teams whenever I can, really, because. Um, because with my job, I'm freelance. I can't, I can't always go to games, um, which is why I wouldn't be able to like be relied on to like be in a proper, proper like, super league, like, for example. Yeah. We no. all know you have that super league talent. The... I mean, as much as I know I'd be picked, I just wouldn't be able. <laughs> no, I mean, I I love playing, but I must admit, I would love to be able to like have coaching and do and and be able to go to training and things like that. I think it would be so interesting to for our team to get better. It's just, we just don't have time because we've got jobs, you know, you ha- you do it as like a bit of fun on a Monday night. Um, and then it's, you know, helps you sleep and it's exercise. It's good for you. But, um, yeah. and my mum, my mum's been a, was a, is a P well, was a PE teacher. Um, and she's just retired now, but obviously being, having a mum as a PE teacher ha- has been something that I've, always done netball always played netball um and suppose I don't actually if I told you this when we spoke the other day Siggy but Jeeva Mentor went to my school no yeah so she was at my school she was a couple of years older than me and so my mum taught her uh, netball so she remembers her from way back before she got into England and then we used to go and see her 
play for England netball when she was in maybe 17. I must have been about 14 or something like that. Yeah, she debuted for England at 16 years old. That's so young. Yeah. That's a real legend of the game. Yeah. And she was she was great. And I just remember my mum like telling me when Jeeva came to the school that like uh, she was like she had this talent, but like her arms were everywhere and like <laughs> She really had to like con- like contain it and be like, okay, right, we're gonna just work now with you. Like this is great, but we need to like the arms are everywhere, so let's just let's just let's just work on it. So um, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah, I was about to ask, how did you even get into netball? Yeah, basically through through school through my mum. I mean, my school was really sporty and very sort of um, amdrammy as well. So we had a lot of drama, theatre facilities, and also sports. So. I think it's really important to have that as well as all your, you know, normal curriculum because those are the things that keep you entertained and busy and stop you from kind of watching screens, I guess, <laughs> when you get home. Yeah. Um, and it keeps you involved in like a team, in a group. It keeps you accountable to people, to you know, all your friends. If you don't turn up to the to like the team, then yeah. they've lost. They've lost their player, and then they're down a person. So no, no, I agree 100%. And like when I was applying for jobs and stuff, you know, when I decided to finally um, use my degree, um, playing netball, like having netball on my CV and obviously um, I didn't think they would even care that I'm playing internationally or whatever. But the fact that I was, you know, competing in a higher level team sport, that also really looks good on a CV because they're like, okay, that means she's a team player, you know, she'll have the dedication, she can work in a group of people, all of that. So I think that, you know, this sounds so cliche, but sport really does set you up for life. It really does. It shows you and everything. It really does. And the reason I sort of, I guess I, when we sort of started chatting on Instagram and I mentioned to you really randomly that I was in touch with England Netball, um, I've, been mentioning to them about trying to do like an England Roses documentary um you know in the lead up to say the Commonwealth um I think it'd be great for netball great for the sport great for the girls um but obviously Covid has been really has thrown a complete spanner in the works um so nothing's been able to be decided and who knows if they if they really want to do it or not so I'm just keen to sort of push netball in any shape or form. So I think it's really great that you've started a podcast um, for people to kind of talk about netball and sort of get that traffic up for netball because it is one of the biggest sports that girls play in in the country, in the UK and obviously Australia and New Zealand and so many other And countries. in South Africa. I believe, if I might be wrong, but I read this article where they said netball is the number one sport for for women in all the Commonwealth countries. Now, that is massive. Yes. Because if you think about how many Commonwealth countries there are, I mean, why do we not know, why is netball not pushed more or harder? And that's I what know. we need to you know. We need, it's, that's, we were also saying, like, it's crazy how, you know, you can get someone who has a little bit of a great personality, goes on a reality dating show, for example, Love Island, and they walk out with millions and millions of followers, and that might be because they're witty or whatever. But then you get girls who are, you know, saying are playing internationally or playing professionally or semi-professionally netball, and they are actually the ones, you know, who have such um, 
great you know characteristics to them that should and those are the people that should be role models for these younger girls because they're so hardworking you know they're training all year round you know they just totally people and because netball isn't big enough or in the limelight people miss that so then they would rather go have their role model be some you know person that they see on tv just because they aren't being made aware of like these amazing other people and I mean all these girls are playing netball in school but why are we not you know bringing the conversation or getting to know all these players because you know if so many millions of girls are playing it why is it still swept under the carpet and I saw this tweet where someone literally said um you know there are even professional netball players that would rather you know uh listen to a podcast about anything else or watch a program about anything else other than netball, because, you know, the content that is out of, that is like available at the moment for netball is so the same and almost like so vanilla. And it's like, where's that little bit of spice to show people that's the thing I want to show people. We also laugh. We also cry. We find lame things funny. And, you know, it's just, I agree. I agree. And I think there's um, an element around netball where it's seen as, and I obviously don't think this, hence why I'm pushing it. But, um, I think people think it's quite boring. It's a little bit like um, it's old school, like you play it when you're in school. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, um, whereas I think there should be more um, more attention to it and make it cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like people don't think netball is cool. That's how no. I think some people see it. And um, and weirdly, though, I was just finishing. I just um, was filming today. Obviously, I, everyone's being COVID tested just to put it out there. But um, <laughs> we I, I mentioned to my um, colleague that I was working with, I was like, she's really tall. And I was like, you're really tall. I was like, do you play netball? <laughs> and it's literally like a conversation that I'm like, do you want to play for my team when we get back? And she's like, oh, my God, I love netball. I used to play it in school I just haven't played and I think that happens with a lot of people people just don't think to play it because they're like oh it's from school it's from a long time ago why would I play it now but it honestly is such a great release for me through my job I get to go and hang out with the girls on a Monday night or a Wednesday exactly and you just get that little you know form of camaraderie and you know just being able to discuss normal things and I think you know it forms new friendships that you know lead to great things and a hundred percent and all of us work in different industries so all the girls in the team work in completely different industries I mean I'm obviously in the um like I work in tv and then there's a couple of other girls that work for like the government and then there's a couple of other people that work um for finance and banking um some are like doctors nurses uh pr they're all from kind of different careers basically that's so sick i mean yeah that's the thing i'm so excited to see where netball you know where it can lead to and i think a big thing that helped put netball a tiny bit more on the map was um england winning the commonwealth games in 2018 like yeah. that kind of restored hope in netball, especially in this country, because all of a sudden every little girl when they're going or like it doesn't matter what age they are, but when they're going to netball, all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow, you know, because it's the big hype. So I think it's just about creating that hype around netball again and kind of keeping yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. 
I think that's, I think you're right. I mean, I think like those girls, like as much as I was saying, people think that netball's not cool in inverted commas. Um, that moment of them winning the Commonwealth Games made it cool again. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It was, um, it made them much bigger role models for girls. And honestly, I do think the girl, young girls are interested to know what goes on behind the scenes. You know, how do they get selected? I mean, for me, I'm very interested in, you know, who's selected and why and how and and who's put forward. And obviously people are, some people are going to be so, you know, excited and desperate to go through, but obviously no, not all of them are going to get picked to be selected exactly. for Commonwealth. So it's, it's, um, it's kind of tricky and it's hard, but you want to be able to see those sort of um, journeys, I guess. I mean, I'm a big person about, I love stories. That's my job. I always try and find a story with people. I think a lot of, I think everyone has a story to tell. As cheesy as that sounds, it is true. And these girls are definitely paving the way, I think, um, to make netball um, a bit more prominent in this in this country and across the world. Exactly. No, I agree 100% with you. And I mean, you know, you mentioned about England netball mm. um, and obviously with COVID hitting and stuff, but it would be really so cool to, you know, even if they were not available to be filmed, but like if we had to send our gates, um London Pulse on you know, getting filmed. And, you know, if, if like, imagine how cool that would be to be able to follow us through a season because, you know, um, last year we were winning and unbeaten and then obviously COVID hit. And then just to, you know, pick up where we, you know, <laughs> pick up where we left it and, um, you know, follow a team and show people like what actually goes on. And I maybe, you know, through that, you know, seeing the sweat, the pain, the tears, the joy, like the victories, you know, all those beautiful moments, like, you know, that could, you know, that would be, um, you know, just highlighting what netball really is and like what, what we are doing. So maybe that could then inspire some more girls to do it. And, you know, like, you know, think about Cheer, like the Netflix series. Yes, I love Cheer. I love Cheer. And, and actually, weirdly, I spoke about Cheer to um, the, the England netball girls and they really like Cheer as well. And that's that's exactly what I was thinking, to be fair, is following following a team in that kind of vein where you see the highs and lows, you see them training, you see like with cheer, it's cheerleading and you never knew the extent to like, to what they went through to get all these routines and moves down. It's hard work. It's like fully, it's very athletic and it's the same for netball. Yeah, no, so I definitely think. But I would love, I would absolutely love to come and film you guys at London Pulse. So you got, give me the deets. Give me Sam Bird's email and I will, I'll ask her. I'll pop down. I'll pop down myself. Just say hi. That would be amazing. Oh yeah, my gosh. that'd be nice. When do, you, when do you guys, so I wanted to ask you, Siggy, some questions. Like, so, so first of all, when do you get back to Super League? We're all dying to get our netball fix. We start next weekend. So I don't know when this podcast is being released. So that's, you know, super early, and we are the we are the opening match of the season against Surrey Storm. Oh. So that is very exciting. That is really exciting, and actually, just to mention as well, it's really great that the Super League they are they seem to be streaming the Super League on YouTube. I think um, yes, that is so amazing. I, mean, I think that's great. 
especially for sport, like, because not everyone has Sky, but now everyone has access to watch the netball. So the thing is, we now, you know, it would be great. We just need to get those numbers up. Like, you know, even if you are in a house, just like get, get the YouTube on, get the Sky on. If you know people who have Sky or YouTube, get yeah. them watching. Because if we get those numbers up, that will show like, yeah what a big deal it is and that can push for more things because like you know how with like sky and those other companies i mean i don't really know much about england um because everything on youtube but you know in south africa we have um uh, we have super sport which is like sky we have super sport channel um you know just for rugby and then we have one just for football but you know how cool wouldn't it be if we could have you know a sky one of the skies just for dedicated just to netball. That would be so amazing. You know, like yeah. that we knew every weekend, like this channel is going to be showing the netball and there'll be repeats of that. Like that would be amazing. So I think that is definitely something that we should be working towards. I think I agree. Um, and I do think it's slowly starting to kind of pick up a little bit more with them, um, with this, the Super League that we have in the UK. Um, and I do think that, eventually it will um, gain more traction but you're right until a channel basically they're not going to pick it up unless those YouTube numbers kind of get bigger exactly and Anya I hope you don't mind me saying this but you know when you had this concept and you went we don't need to mention any companies names but you went to these companies and you were like how about a series on netball you know I think they said people don't really watch netball or what what exactly were they saying yeah. well so actually so i had spoken to a number of different people and colleagues that i've uh, used to work with and then i actually spoke to someone else that i didn't know through another friend uh, and a company that i would love to work at um and they basically were very interested I I had actually written up like this whole pitch document. So I'd done this off my own back. Like this is not something that I'm I've been paid to do. Like I just did it off my own back before COVID hit. Um in my spare time. You write up basically um to pitch to a channel, you write up a document and you get all your information on say like three or four pages of A4 and you put pictures in and you really sell it. It's like a kind of a yeah, it's just a selling document. So I worked really hard on it and I kind of sent it around and people were really like impressed and they were like, this is, this sounds great. This sounds really interesting. Um, and I'd obviously spoke to England netball about it um, just to try and get some, my facts straight and make sure that I wasn't selling the wrong thing. Um, and where was I at with that? Yeah. So they were actually really interested and one company eventually said that they were going to ask some channels. I won't say who at the moment because I don't want to say anything too soon, but they basically said that they need to go back and look at um, stats and ratings um, for women's sport in general. And they wanted to check the women's football and how well the women's football did. And if the women's football was basically, I am assuming if the women's football is low or not that high, then they probably are going to go more mm, netball's probably a bit under women's football. So it's, it's a, it's annoying <laughs> really because women's football is starting to pick up as well. But apparently that's like the first thing that they want to push is like women's football. Um, but I mean, there's more sports for, for women. It's not just football for women. There's a lot of little, a lot of different sports. Do you know what I really think? You know, no one understands that there are so many adult women playing. It's not just people in high school and primary school. It's literally like 
you, you know, you have walking netball for those, you know, whoever want to play walking. So you could be like up to 80 years old, I swear, to be playing that kind of netball. And, you know, you have cool aunties at, who are like 45 who drink too many porn star martinis with their <laughs> you know, teammates on the weekend. There's so much. So, you know, whenever people are like, oh, it's just probably for kids and whatever. But no, like, I promise you, if you create enough of a demand for it or, or market it well enough, it will get watched by everyone and it will get loved by everyone. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. It's like, even if I think about James, my boyfriend, when um when I started playing, you know, he obviously, uh, well, well we, when we started dating, he obviously was, you know, trying to be cool. And he's like, yeah, I played in a, um, what's it called? Charity netball tournament and stuff. And thinking about it, like, so many guys would say, you know, they have definitely played netball in their lives and they're like, it was sick. Like they loved it. Yeah. And, then, you know, but the way that he thinks of it, he's just thinking like all these little princesses on court. And then he came to watch the first match that he ever watched of mine was um, England versus South Africa. And he was hooked. He's like, this is sick. Like it's so cool. And it's so fast. Like the pace is so quick and it's really like filled with skill and stuff. So you know, if people actually got a taste of it, they, they would actually be like so, um, you know, keen for it. James actually ended up bringing work colleagues and clients to one of our matches and they loved every single minute. At first, they were taking the mickey out of him and they were like, oh, well, like I thought you're taking us to the football or whatever. And then they actually <laughs> loved it afterwards. So, you know, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, they do. So I actually took my um, my fiance. I took him to the Netball World Cup in Liverpool. <laughs> so we went. I think it was in July, wasn't it? So I took him for our anniversary yeah. in 2019. I bought tickets and was like, "We're off to the netball." When he was like, "Oh, okay, yeah," he was up for it, but he was a bit like, "Sure, okay, fine. You obviously want to go watch it. I'll come with you. That's fine." <laughs> And then he was watching it and he was like, it's very fast, isn't it? Like, it's very, um, yeah. very everyone thinks the three second rule slows it down, but it actually speeds it up. Yes, it does. Totally. So he, he was interested in it at the same time as well. He was like, it is a good, it is a good game to watch very fast. And I, I love watching it as well. And I feel like watching it helps me when I go to play it. Because I yeah. can kind of like spot things that they do. And I'm like, oh, I could try that. And then, I mean, I'm never going to be trying any of like Liana Leota's, like whatever she does, like the no look passes and like whatever, whatever she's been doing. I'm just like, there's no way I'm turning my body inside out for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's just the woman of such skill. And I mean, she's someone I'd love to have on the podcast because how amazing wasn't she just in the series? Oh, and she amazing. has four kids, I believe. I might, I'm speaking under correction, but she has four children. I mean, wow. my mum has two, but uh, if I, if my mum can't even jog, she says, because she'll wet her pants. Ah. So, <laughs> I mean, look at her. What a legend. Yeah, she is. She's amazing. And, the, and also Ebony um, Osoro-Brown, I've just seen, is uh, coming back to play. And she's only just had her baby. I mean, maybe it was about a year ago now. But it's great that they can come back to play after having kids. And who else has had them in Australia? Laura Geitz? And... Yeah, Geitz, he played common, had the best Commonwealth Games of her life. Uh, Gretel Tippett is on her way to recovery. I mean, so many of them, they put the babies, you know, but like clubs in Australia are so supportive in terms of the return to play. 
So they are, you know, they're training with the team in terms of doing Pilates and all that whilst um, pregnant. And then the kids apparently actually have a place. Well, I'm again speaking under correction, but what I've heard from my mates that side, like they actually cater for the kids whilst um, the mums are training and recovering and stuff. So it's just so amazing. It's great. That kind of. Well, if you think about it, well, if you think about it, Siggy, this watching netball is entertainment so they are big names in Australia and people want to see them play they go to watch the netball for them right exactly they are household names like we were once on the plane and flying from Australia to New Zealand and we sat next to these boys like gentlemen and I you know they don't look like they know anything about netball and um we literally said, yes, we on our way to go and play um, whoever. Uh, well, we're going to go play the ferns and stuff. And they said, yeah, uh, Katrina Grant. It was at that say Katrina Grant. Katrina Grant is the captain. No, no, no. And we're like, how do you even know this? You know, it's so cool. Yeah. Like, people actually make an effort. Like, it's a big deal there. So Exactly. And that's what we should be trying to get to at this point in the UK. And not just the UK, but like, it all over like what's it like in South Africa tell me is it like are they are you guys sort of considered pro in South Africa are you semi-pro here um so here we are semi-pro because um I mean in each club I'm guessing the imports are full-time so I guess that could count as pro um but we have salary caps here in, in England so you know unfortunately as much as clubs would love to, like I'm sure, like I know Pulse for a fact would love the salary cap to be, you know, <laughs> lifted so that we can give the girl, so that we can get more money. But um, with salary caps, unfortunately, there isn't space for everyone to be able to do that full time. So we wow. are all working. And I find when I was at Storm, a lot of them were PE coaches. And I mean, that's so nice because that fits all netball or teachers because I feel that that is really accommodating and it fits hand in hand. So no, unfortunately here, due to the pay things, um, we cannot be doing it full time. So it's definitely semi-professional here, but we train as though it's professional. So, you know, our clubs still demand a lot of time from us and stuff, but you know, with it growing, that's the only way you can grow the sport. You have to push the players because, you know, when you push players, what happens to standard raises and what happens with that? The, the higher the standard, more investors, and through that, you know, you can really yeah. become professional. So it, it's just the stage that the phase that we're in, but it has to be like that. And in South Africa, no, in South Africa, you know, everyone is, um, are, you know, the ones that play in the Telcom Netball League, which is like their domestic league, um, no, you do not get paid for that at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll get a little, a little incentive, but you know, not much. And yeah, um, we get an incentive each month with uh, Netball South Africa as well. But yeah. unfortunately, you do have to have a another full time job. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because actually, is that why most of them? So we've obviously had a few English players, like you know, you've got Helen Howsby, Joe Harton, Natalie Haythornthwaite. And they've all gone, obviously, to Australia. And then, obviously, um, Fisher, Georgina Fisher, has just been signed to New Zealand. And yeah. is it New Zealand? I think New Zealand, yeah. Yes, she's in New Zealand. 
so the basically, I mean, I guess they've been signed by those by either the Suncorp and the ANZ, and is that because they're professional? They can pay them as full time athletes, basically. Is that why they? Yeah, I'm so, that's why they go to Australia. Yes, I think that's definitely the case. So because when you're there, it's your full time job. You wake up, you train, you play. You know, you do your recovery, you get your physio, and then you go to bed, and the next day, exactly the same. So there they are on full-time programs. And I think that is absolutely the dream. Yeah. Um, you know, and also, I mean, we have to acknowledge Suncorp is the best league in the world. And, yeah. um, you know, any opportunity to go and play against those players. And, I mean, that's just such an amazing opportunity. So I know for our girls in, in South Africa who go over to Australia, it's just an amazing opportunity for them to just absorb so much yeah and like learn and play against the best. And, you know, Norma Plummer always used to say that every single weekend is like a grand final there. And, you know, I think when you're training and playing at that intensity, it just does up your game. So, yeah, I think that's the main reason why everyone goes across is just to, you know, get that experience and exposure and, yeah. Can I I ask you, can I ask you, uh, Ziggy, what's, um, who have you played against over there that, like, Who's your um, a player that you were so amazed that you were playing with or against? Yeah, in in England or where I've ever played. Yeah, wherever you've played, is, has there been a player that you've been like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm in a game with uh, Laura Geitz or someone else? Is there? Been- um, so I mean, I have had the privilege of playing against um, Chief Mental. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mental. A few times and playing against her, you, you know, you kind of have to pull your socks up and kind of show up. Yeah. Um, so obviously playing against her, you're a bit like, whoa. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think one of the biggest privileges of my life has been playing with Carla Pretorius because, I mean, Carla Pretorius, best player in the world, you know, she doesn't, you know, she comes out of nowhere, intercepts balls. You never even knew could be intercepted. <laughs> and, you know, with her credentials, you would think, I mean, if there's one person, okay, there are a few people, but if there's one person in this world who has bragging rights, it's Carla, out and out, through and through. You know, she's so good and everything. But if you meet her, most humble, down-to-earth person ever, I swear, you could have a, you could go on a camp with her, right? Like just like, a, you know, hiking and such a type of a camping situation for a whole weekend and you wouldn't even know she plays netball. Wow. She is so ridiculously humble. And, you know, having her as a teammate, you know, like she would have a sick game at World Cup and you'd be like, oh, you know, afterwards you'd be like, wow, you, you know, that was amazing or wow, you're so good. And then she'd be like, man it was all of us and you're like oh my word but that's great though like she obviously she is amazing she gets amazing intercepts and um but she sees that it's a team effort I guess you know everything is a team effort in in that in netball it's a team sport um but she does have some amazing intercepts so we have to give her that so it's nice to hear that she's humble no it's really good um so yeah, and no, so I'm really excited for the future of netball and this podcast has especially been started because I would love it to be kind of a hype builder, 
build up thing to next year's uh, Commonwealth Games and then obviously the year after to the World Cup. So, you know, if we start getting a little bit of following here, we can get people excited. So that's something that I'm really keen to do. And, you know, we might just become big and be able to film a few YouTube videos, which I would love to do. And, you know, maybe even record live from events such as World Cup and Commonwealth Games. I would love to. I mean, no matter what happens, I think we should try and try and keep pushing um, all avenues possible to try and um, get this sport and you guys as players out there. Um, yes. And I am, I'm going to say I'm like one of the biggest advocates for doing it. So um, I do it in my spare time. So this is my, this is my part-time job on the side um, to try and get this dock or some form of a, some, some form of filming kind of made. That's what I'm. I'm If anyone here actually wants to get involved, or you know, your dad is a massive producer or something, Anya's email address. um, Should we have the email address or Instagram username? Which one? Um. Yeah. Well, tell you what. Why don't you? They can take my. They can take my email. Why not? It will be down in the description below. So yeah, let's do the do the the email in the description below. That sounds good. And or just find me. Yeah. So Anya. I know we've been talking a lot about netball. We have a few minutes left, but now I want to talk about you. We want to know everything about you because, I mean, people have spent the last few minutes listening to how cool you are and what great aspirations (laughs) you have for netball. And I mean, mean, that's so exciting because we need, you know, a leading lady to, you know, be pushing this. But now, you know, let's make you a big deal. So please, can you tell us everything about yourself, aka how you got into your job right now and you know there might be some girls out here who might you know think of one day going into the media side or you know do you have any tips I do yeah you know what I've had so I am now 32 so I started working in telly when I was 21 21 yeah I was still at university actually I'd done four years at uni so I'd done a year abroad as well. Um, and then I'd come back. And when I'd finished, I was like, I must, I need to get a job. I was very kind of determined that I was going to work and I wasn't going to go back home to live at home. Not that my home was horrible. I loved home, but I was like, I'm going to work. I'm going to go to London. I want to live in London. And so I started working when I was in my final year at uni. Um, at, what did you study? I studied English and American literature. So it was actually just very broad, which I honestly do think is some some one of the best decisions that I made, um, because it was a lot of reading, a lot of writing, which was obviously involving uh, a lot of debating, um, a lot of an, an analysing people's speech and words and talking, and I do think it's it's such a, a great skill to be able to know how to do for any job. For for my job now, I still feel like I use those skills. Um, That's so, cool. so I didn't pick up a camera so I did I started off as a runner but I didn't pick up a camera until I was you know a couple of years into um working in telly but I mean I started as a runner and I was so I was on 65 pound a day as a runner and I was traveling up to London from my hometown of Bournemouth and um the train was I think 50 or 55 pounds anyway <laughs> Oh my gosh, so literally your whole fee went into your community. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm getting paid £65 and then, so that'll pay for my train and then we'd be there, I'd have, I think I'd have to be there at 9.30 and I'd have to get the earliest train, which was at 6, 
3.30 a.m. in the morning. Oh, my God. And um, and then I'd say I'd finish about, you know, 6, 6 o'clock, and then I'd get the train back, and I'd do it all again. And obviously, eventually, so I, I lived, I've made... Basically, my friend, Annie, who's one of my bridesmaids, who will be my bridesmaid at my wedding, um, we play netball together. And we started playing netball together in London. So I was, yeah, she was living um, in London. So I started kipping in her bed with her. (laughs) Because we were like, I was like, I can't keep affording to keep coming back and forward. And I was so tired. So I stayed with her a few times, which she was kind enough to put me up and um that's so lovely of her I know she's a great girl and I eventually then um got a full-time job and then I got some extra cash and put some deposit down on a flat so then I that's how I got into London and I just started working across loads of shows um such as like T4 do you remember T4 you might not know T4 being South African so I used to do like cable bashing which is basically like um helping the camera guys out um, you'd basically have the cables and you would sort of make sure that they didn't um, all the studio cameras that they didn't trip over the cameras as they were moving them okay so I would have to move the cables for them like really quickly um, and then as a runner as well I would physically have to run tapes so this is proving my age now we would actually have like tapes that they would need for archive shows and I would be running tapes between like the BBC and like any other edit house I'd have to run these kind of hard tapes to like the edits um which is crazy and just don't really... break or lose them because there is only one copy kind of thing yeah exactly whereas now we film everything on cards and then it all just gets digitized on a laptop straight away so then and then you put it on drives and it's all safe and well and stuff but I would be like on a train with this like tape basically that they had to like digitize um that's so cool and then so so you were just doing that like just working cables and running for the first few years yeah for about two years I did that yeah for about two years I did that and then I went on to being and then the the stages go sort of runner researcher assistant producer and then a producer and then I'm sort of I'm a producer director now um so I kind of just worked my way up but as a researcher you sort of learn on the job people sort of ask you to do some research on locations you might be finding locations you might be finding out about a person that's going to be interviewed on a show um it's I love that it's a bit like FBI stalking yeah exactly and then I sort of progressed into like you find people for shows as well so I do I did a lot of casting finding people for shows um finding great stories, great talkers, basically. It's just finding great talkers that are happy to tell a story. Um, and I'd worked on a dancing show. Do you remember Got to Dance? Anyone remember that? With Davina McCall, Ashley Banjo. Um, it was basically a dancing show that was a competition. And that was great fun when I was younger. Um, That's so cool. So yeah, I've done some, it's been, it was really, it's been really fun. There's some fun shows in there. I mean, it can be quite stressful, obviously. And then you've just got to remind yourself, sometimes we all say, we've just got to remind ourselves, like, it's only telly. We're not like doctors and nurses on the front line saving lives. We're just... <laughs> it's not like a heart transplant. No, exactly. No, you mess this up, you mess someone's life up kind of situation. Exactly. I mean, we're entertaining a nation right now, you know, we're entertaining a nation. Very important, in a... actually, right now. Isn't it? We need entertainment. And we've proved that this whole pandemic, I mean, I never thought I'd be talking about a pandemic now I was trying not to trying to avoid it but we do need it we've realized in this pandemic that we need sport and we need um, arts and we need 
entertainment and um it's not something to be snubbed at we need we need to be entertained and otherwise what's the point do you know what I mean like what's exactly you need that to like kind of you know people at the end of a day even if they're having a bad day all they want to do is like switch the tv on have something easy to watch and imagine you switch the tv on and there's nothing or like the same epi- like the same season of celebs go dating is showing for like the 25th time you know that would be boring so yeah to still be producing this and yeah you know, i'm so grateful for you know exactly and i mean i don't know with celebs go dating obviously i did series five and series six um a while ago now but um when we did it i don't know if people know but we would film in restaurants as they were busy and people were in there so we would turn up at you know like the lunchtime period and we would really uh, so you yeah. didn't just hire the whole place out no 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 we filmed there when there's other diners there so it's oh a, my gosh that's so juicy I love it's it. a full <laughs> restaurant and it's really quite stressful so we're there so you basically end up sort of um what we do before we film I would go on a recce so my days would be spent sort of being told to go to lots of different bars and restaurants to have a a look at them to see if we would fit the cameras in because I would then know where the cameras are going to go because then I would direct the camera guys as to the setup basically and they would set the lights they would rig the lights and they would rig the cameras and everything and then um, we would have the dates turn up and we'd film all their walking shots at the beginning but we'd always make sure that that first meeting was on camera so they wouldn't meet off camera we'd always make sure that that was like on camera the all the whole awkwardness of a first date is all there it's just that in the back of shot we had to make sure that people were released and you know they're actual diners in the restaurant having their dinner with all these lights and cameras so I would never have guessed that that's so sick oh my gosh yeah and Anya do you have like any you know, I know you probably due to confidentiality can't say much but, you know, do you have any cool stories, you know, like or favorites or like memorable moments from TV, from any of the shows you've worked on that you're like, oh, my gosh, that was legendary or funny or stressful, or, you know, anything? Um, yeah. You know what? You know, when you're trying to, like, remember stories now, I probably should have prepared and thought about this well in advance. And if like if anything comes to me, like down the line, I'll come back to you. Um Okay, I'll, I'll choose for you. Yeah, okay. I'll, ask me a question. I beat the weekender. Let's just use that for example, okay? Yeah. How would you find the people who go on I beat the weekender? And what is like, you know, have, have you actually been in I beat the while they were filming there? I wasn't part of the casting um, for I beat the weekender, but I would know how they would find them. But the way that you start casting is you just start putting out sort of um, you put out ads or you put out um, a notification on social media, basically. um, And you start thinking of people who would be great to see on the show. So you might want like a group of guys who are really into their rugby. So then you would start going, okay, well, we need to start finding some rugby boys let's call all the rugby and we maybe we want them from I don't know uh Liverpool okay well I tell you what why don't we ring all the rugby schools or all the rugby uh clubs in the Liverpool area and ask them if they know of anyone that would be good for it or ask them if they don't know anyone can they put like a a post out to their members that's basically how you start that's so sick and then you would be there while whilst filming. And were you ever allowed to join any of the nights out or anything like that? 
Um, yes, yeah, so I went, so what did I do? So on Ibiza Weekend, my job was basically in the gallery. I was um, in the daytime. So I was sort of uh, in the hotel. So again, so I'll try and explain the concept. The, is that a real hotel or is that a set? It's a real hotel and it's a working hotel. So there are people there on holiday for real. And oh, wow. but the whole hotel is rigged with cameras. So we had, I think, 32 cameras. So 30, 31 cameras were static, and then th- the one camera was movable. So it was 32 cameras, but one was movable. And then we have um, in one of the rooms, or a couple of rooms, we took out a bunch of them for production and offices. One room was a gallery where it was all blacked out, and we had massive television screens. Um, all up in front of us and then I was at the front um with these little joysticks that manage all the um manage all the cameras and then I have my director the gallery director next to me and then another camera op next to him and then we have another kind of director behind us sort of directing all the content and managing the people on the ground via walkie-talkies so we just follow the action as it happens because it's funny when you've got fixed rig it's um so much more natural because you're not physically down there with a camera in their face. There's just a camera on a wall and everyone is so much that's more natural. Crazy. Yeah. That's, so, that's really interesting. I love the gallery. I love, I love that gallery kind of experience. And then when they would go out for their day activities, then I would take them out in Ibiza and we would go and film them. At would bars. you like chat to the people on the show? Would you actually talk to them? Like, you know, when the camera's off? Yeah, of course, of course. You yeah, know, like, yeah. so now you have to be like, okay, cool, now we're going to go to, like, this beach club or whatever, and then obviously the cameras are off while you're travelling there. Would you, like, talk to them or not at all? Or, would, like, was there no interaction? Yeah. No, 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 there is, like, it's full. It's always really interaction because I, I'm, like, the teacher behind the scenes trying to, like, um, gather the rabble of people. Like, imagine... So I'm obviously quite... Um, I would say that being a girl, my voice gets drowned out by a lot. So then when you have to really shout at the the team to hurry up, you're like, guys, everyone listen to me. We need to get in this car. You're going there. You're going there. So you really have to kind of put on your... uh... It's like herding cats, Siggy. It's literally like herding cats. They are... And they're too excited. They're all excited because they're in Ibiza. They're having a great time. Um, but they've got to do some filming and you're like, come on, come on guys, we're going to do some filming now. Let's go. Oh, that's so cool. And then, you know, I'm going to leave you with this last question. And that is anyone who wants to get into like the TV industry, like media and kind of producing one day, do can you leave them with one little piece of advice? Yes. So first I would say is, well, there's a there's a Facebook group called I think it's People in TV um, dot dot runners. So we never I never had that when I was a runner. I mean, the way I got my job was I literally went along as like an audience member, and then I asked a studio um, a receptionist if there was any runner jobs, and then lo and behold, there was. Someone heard me and was like, "Do you want a job as a runner?" And then gave me a, a trial job, basically. Um, so it was a bit fluky that I got my first running job in telly. But now there's this Facebook group that runners can join. So they can join this group and they can see jobs that are posted and kind of make a network and a contact um, for people in there. Now, it's a page that's not it's not people uh, 
there's people in telly that run it for free basically so it's not kind of paid or anything like that um for people to run it so they you know they kind of maintain a strict policy on what you can and can't post but at the same time you can just post your cv you can say you're available and you can see when jobs are coming in and that's something I never had when I was younger. So one piece of yeah. advice would be to join that group and see if you're interested and see what jobs pop up. But obviously at the moment, it's quite thin on the ground because of COVID. But um, but hopefully in the future, it will pick up. Okay. And then what? The second piece of advice is probably just give it your all and, you know, be, be, be open to learn. Second piece of advice I would give you is to to have like other strings, other things going on for you. Find other interests as well, because actually, like I had a friend that I worked with in, uh, on Made in Chelsea and he makes candles on the side. Oh, wow. So everyone's kind of got this side hustle. And, you know, I, I spoke to someone else I was working with the other day and he was a drag queen. And I was like, oh my God, you're a drag queen on the side. And you'd never know. He's like, oh yeah, I do like a bit of like, drag queen on like a Friday night in this club in Soho when it's open so so it's really cool everyone kind of like has their own thing going on behind closed doors and or behind the scenes and I think that's really interesting and that's just going back to what I say everyone's got a story so it's always great if you've got other things that you're interested in um for me netball obviously (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah that would be my thing is just to keep having interests and um learning learning more about those interests is always a good thing oh wow that's so good Anya thank you so much for coming on the potty this was probably the longest conversation I've had and I'm so happy everyone to everyone who's still listening um I hope you enjoyed it make sure to go give Anya a big follow on Instagram because she's super cool and just to stay interested in what she's up to (laughs) and yeah thank you so much for everything no thank you Siggy Um, thank you very much for having me on the podcast